Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne again, where we will find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And Lord, we really need you. We need you every day, every minute of every hour. Um, Sometimes we need you and not even aware of it, but we do. So, Lord, we thank you for blessing us, coming into our lives, helping us, giving us the right uh, spirit, right mindset, right intention, right vision, right hope, right everything. You give it to us in abundance. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother E, why don't you stand up for a minute? For you stand up right there. You know what? The Lord is wanting me to tell you and reassure you that he is making some adjustments in your life. He says they're just adjustments. He said you're not off course. You're not in the wilderness. You're not uh, alone. You're not forlorn. You're not off course. But he says he is making some minor adjustments in your vision, in your uh, expectation, in your plans, all of that. He says give it over to me. Just trust me with it. He says just release it to me. And he says I need to make some adjustments so I can get you on the, the course that I have ordered ordained for you where there's success there's goodness there's mercy there's peace there's love there's joy there's every good thing that you desire but the lord says i'm doing this you just let me have it and trust me and and i'll make your your footsteps sure i'll make your course sure and i'll make your way prosperous says the lord amen okay all right praise god amen well, act happy. Give me a smile. Why don't you draw a smile on your mask and then I'm messing with you. Okay. You don't have to prove anything to me. Just receive the word of the Lord. What's for you? Receive it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. See, that's the disadvantage of this mask business. Can't really tell what's going on. You can't tell what people look like. Are they bandits? Are they... I was telling somebody, I said, boy, this is the first time I've been allowed to go in a bank with a mask on. Wow, think of the potential there. Look at the opportunities. <laughs> All right, so we'll get back to our teaching. We started yesterday on heavenly medicine. Amen. Heavenly medicine. I don't know of anybody who's been sick where they really felt bad that didn't at one time cry out to God. Amen. Everybody does it. All men are seeking for God. It just they just need to be see when you're healthy and you're going about your normal routine and everything's according to what you want, we don't think about God too much. And and especially sinners, you know, it's some talking mostly about the unsaved and and how people conduct their lives but even the unsaved when they get to a place where they are helpless and they know they're helpless they will cry out to god and health and healing is one of those areas where it's real easy to get over in the weeds where you can't really be assured of your recovery 
look at all the people that have passed away, unfortunately, from the COVID uh, virus and the people who are so afraid of getting it. And if there was ever a time that we need the Lord and we need to understand his healing power and have faith for him to heal us, it is now. Amen. And so that's why God has had me to speak about healing exclusively the whole time we've been under this pandemic is to keep his people healed. And uh, that's what he told me was my job to do. He said, I'm holding you responsible to teach healing and keep my people well. And I said, "Okay, I'll do it. And see, it's God who does the healing. I just spit out the words, amen, and and, uh, hopefully study and pray and all the things that I I need to do to prepare. But God is the one who gives the health, the healing. He gives the manifestation. He gives the increase. And so he, he, but he can't do it if we don't preach his word. He performs the word that we preach and that we speak and that we believe. And so we have to continue to speak it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also at the same time, the enemy is attempting to steal the word from us with what we see, what we feel, what we hear in the natural realm. What the natural realm is reporting to us is what the enemy wants to use to neutralize our faith and keep us wondering and keep us in doubt and keep us wavering as to whether or not God really means what he says. Amen? So we can say the word of God comes in to rescue us from the the general noise of the world. See, the world always has the more dominant voice. God is a still small voice, but it's very powerful. Amen? And so... And God lets you know that he doesn't, he's not threatened by what the devil says. And he's not threatened by the devil's boasting and his, of what he can do and threatening to do things. He's, God's not moved by that. Amen. He's moved by our faith. And so if we will, will obey the word and do what God tells us to do, we'll find ourselves in a position to resist the enemy's advances, uh, whether it be on our health, whether it be on our jobs, our careers, our, our relationships, our finances, anything. We can resist his advances to take over in those areas. So in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, if you'll go there with me and this is the scripture God gave me for his heavenly medicine it says my son attend to my words in other words pay attention to my words not what the world tells you not what the enemy tells you my words he says also incline your ear to my sayings let them not depart from your eyes. In other words, do this continually. And I found many times that if people will, will have a routine um, and a regimen where they connect with God, the first thing during the day and or the last thing at night, it's good to have the Alpha and Omega o of your life be God. So you begin with him and you end with him. Amen. Remember at nighttime your parents taught you to kneel by the bed and, and say your prayers. Amen. Um, they should have got you up in the morning early enough to say them to get your day started. But, you know, that was at least addressing God and, and asking his blessing. 
uh, on you in, in, uh, for the next day. And so I think it's prudent to, in order to stay healed, is to make sure that you stay in faith where your health is concerned. So whatever it takes to keep you in faith, that's what you must do. And so he says here to keep it in front of your eyes. Don't let it depart from in front of your eyes and keep it in the midst of your heart. When it says keep it, that means that it can be removed from your heart. You know, you can just, well, this isn't going to work. And, you know, you may have started out in the faith and started out believing. But uh, time goes by. Symptoms get worse instead of better. Uh, you know, we always expect it to get better and better and better right away. And sometimes that doesn't happen, at least as far as the visible realm is concerned. It is getting better as far as the spirit's concerned. Because every time you put the word in, you're adding to what you already have. Whenever you read the scripture, you could start out by his stripes. We were healed. And Father, I thank you. I'm healed. That settles it. I'm healed, period. That sealed the deal. I'm healed. And then as time goes on, you begin, your mind will wander. You begin to think, well, why is it taking so long? And and then if symptoms seem to, in the natural, be increasing or getting more intense or getting worse or whatever, boy, that will really throw you back. Because you think to yourself, my goodness, I'm praying, I'm doing this, I'm fasting. You You know what we call fasting is you know, eating half of a, a Snickers bar instead of the whole thing. But uh, bomb. how come I can't have a drummer? Everybody else got a drummer somewhere and got some. How come I can't have a drummer here? True that. Amen. You know, ask God what you need to. Stay away from or pull away from until your faith builds up. See, the purpose of the fast is to build your faith. It, you know, when when the disciples, you know, when Jesus went up to the mountain of transfiguration, he came back down. He found his disciples in a, a, a I call it an illegal, illegal uh, healing meeting because it was out of their control. You look at that crowd that was down there, everybody's crowding around them and unbelief and, and Pharisees questioning them and all this nonsense. You know, a legal meeting is one where God's in control and God gets the work done. So they're arguing with his disciples because they couldn't cast this demon out, this little boy. And later on, they go to Jesus and say, why Why couldn't we do it? That's the best thing to do is when something doesn't work for you, ask God why. What happened? How do I get it done better the next time? Don't be afraid to take your correction from God. Don't be afraid to find out your error and your mistake. Amen? Just, you know, man up, woman up. Okay, God, I can take it. You know why you can take it? Because he's the one that's going to help you fix it. It's not like he's expecting you to fix anything. He's pointing it out to you so you'll move out of the way and let him fix it. Amen. Then you get the benefit of it. That's the best deal in the world. 
But when he came and they saw that they weren't able, then they went later and said, why couldn't we do that? In other words, they were saying, that's never been a problem for us before. Huh? It's not like that was a new thing for them. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, we, we didn't cover that in class. <laughs> They've been casting out devils. Who said when he first sent them out? Gave them power and authority, cast out devils, heal the sick, preach the gospel. They went and they did it and they came back and said what? <gasps> Even the devils obey us in your name, huh? So, uh, amen. And so, uh, they, they really, really, it was just a wonderful thing that they were experiencing, but then they get to this place where they, it doesn't work for them. Anybody been there? You think, boy, by this time, this pain in my arm would have left already, but it's three days. It's not working. What's wrong? Yep. So the you know the enemy likes to put us in doubt about God's power. See, his power is always the same. We're always the same pretty much. It's just what are we believing? So so those those hindrances to the manifestation, full manifestation come to stretch our faith. Amen. And show us that we can go beyond what we normally expect is going to happen in a situation and still get your answer. Still get your result. So when they ask Jesus and he says, because of your unbelief. And he said, this kind comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now logically, what would that lead you to believe? He's not talking about that demon coming out by prayer and fasting. He's talking about the unbelief coming out by prayer and fasting. Because if the unbelief comes out, you can cast anything out. You don't fast and pray for a specific demon. Why would he, why would you you have a ministry and then a demon shows up you've never dealt with before? You got to go home fast and pray, and they got to live with that devil until you get. Does that make sense to anybody? I didn't think so. So it must be that unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting, and that's why we fast and pray. And you know when you've hit a brick wall. You know when you've done all and you're trying to stand but you're still wavering. And so it's time to turn the plate down. Amen. Till you get your answer. It's time to to begin to worship more and bless the Lord more and, and allow God to work on that. Turn to Isaiah 58. I think we need to, to cover that and, and go through that a little bit. Because people get... You know, bizarre when it comes to things like fasting. And, and, uh, I think it's because they try to do it in the flesh. I don't know what, what happens, but they kind of go gaga when you start talking about fasting. And it's, when the, when the, uh, uh, Pharisees began to ask Jesus, why do your disciples not fast? And John's disciples do. Remember that? He said your 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 followers don't fast. Now we don't know if that was a true statement or if that was a false statement. But Jesus answered in the respect that it was true but that there was a reason for it. And he said, Can the children of the bride 
the, the can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is here? In other words, he was the bridegroom. If you're at a wedding and everybody's having a party, if you the only deadbeat there that won't eat and won't drink, they think it's something wrong with you. Huh? So he says, I'm the bridegroom and I'm celebrating with them because we're having a good time. We're preaching the gospel. We're casting out devils. We're doing everything. And I am the source of their power. But he says, when the bridegroom it leaves or is absent from them, then they will fast. So where was Jesus? While they were having their illegal healing party. Just told you, say it. He was away from them. He was up on the mountain transfiguration, probably for more than a day. When your source of faith power and inspiration is away from you then you have to seek to get that back and the way you get that back is through prayer and through fasting amen because the disciples could tell if they were full of power or not we all can you can tell if you really believe you can handle what's coming towards you you understand me but they tried to do it anyway and that was their error Everybody on the same page, y'all went to sleep. Wake up. Huh? So when you feel power leaving you, when you don't have answers, when you don't have what you need from God, when you start wavering, you start wondering, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need you need to, to absent yourself from anything that's going to make your flesh enjoy itself. You starve your flesh. To pump your spirit up. Got got me? So anything that causes your flesh to die and go flat is going to help your spirit man to grow. That's how this happens. You can't gorge both of your, your, your characters at the same time. You can't gorge on the word and gorge on things, indulge yourself in the world at the same time. That's why a lot of our teaching on, on, uh, uh, faith, prosperity, healing, whatever it is, falls flat on people because we don't teach people how to consecrate themselves to God, how to walk in the spirit where this stuff gets more real to them, how to turn the plate down, how to turn the TV off, how to absent yourself from a lot of sensual things that you enjoy too much in the flesh. You got me? So that your spirit man can get strength. You can't, you can't starve your spirit man and feed your flesh and think you're going to get the results of God. So the disciples should have been fasting while Jesus was away. Amen? That, that, that rule had already been laid down for them. When he sent them out two by two and sent them to go and preach the gospel, there were times of fasting. Because what did he say? Don't take any money. Don't take any yada yada. Don't take any this. Don't. In other words, don't lean on the natural. Don't try to prepare yourself for this trip because I'm going to prepare it for you. So wherever you go, receive what's offered to you. 
if nothing's offered, guess what? We fast. Amen. So it's just that simple. So, and I think Jesus was able to, uh, keep them in a place of spiritual readiness based on the instructions that he gave them. Because if they had money with them, what do you think they would have done? They would have bought everything they wanted, souvenirs. Oh, I'm over here in Damascus. Let me get a, a mug so or t shirt so I can take it back to my wife. You know, it's a so so when you're on when you're on <laughs> you know what I'm saying, when you're on a mission sent by God, you have to understand that there are some times when you won't be able to do all the things you need to do. Amen. So anyway, um the uh so God was preparing them. So in Isaiah fifty eight it says here, uh, starting verse 1 says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, show my people their transgression. That's what, that's uh, God's instruction to Isaiah. He says, Yet they will seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask me, of the or they ask of me the ordinances of justice they take delight in approaching to god wherefore have we fasted they say in other words why did we fast and you're not answering us that's the whole thing the concept here it says why have we afflicted our soul and you don't take knowledge of it behold in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact your own neighbor so god says you're not fasting you're doing these little things you think you're hoping I'm going to honor this little, you know, crumb that you're throwing me. And you're not really doing doing what you're supposed to do. See, a lot of these things that are traditions that are held to, by the church lose their meaning after a while. They become just a ritual. There's no truth there. There's no honesty. He says, behold, you fast for strife and debate. You ever had anybody that say, um, uh, pray for me, uh, uh, God's got me on consecration, and, and they're announcing something that should be kept private? That's for strife and debate because they want somebody to engage in conversation with them about it when it should be their private business with God. Amen? Amen. Because really somebody needs to tell them, why am I going to pray for you? And ask them, what, what do you need me to pray for? If you're fasting, you should be praying for everybody else. You don't need my prayers. <laughs> and pray for yourself. You know, they'll be more powerful because you're fasting. And so it, this is what it is. It, it's something, and, and, and Jesus told the Pharisees, when you fast, don't look like you haven't eaten. You know? Go get your biggest robe and put it on and, and, you know, make yourself look like you haven't eaten or slept in days. And he says, if that's what you do, you have your reward already. You know, men are paying attention to you. So when you fast, you don't announce it to everybody. Amen. And he says, you shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So in other words, what God is saying is you're not going to continue in your wickedness and, and the way that you're doing fasting if you want me to hear you. You're not going to do this. He says, is it such a fast that I have chosen? Is this 
what you're doing, did I tell you to do that? He says, a day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? In other words, he's saying, you're going through the motions, but your heart ain't in it. You're going through the motions, but I didn't tell you to do that. You're going through the motions to look like you're fasting, but you're not you're not with me in this. He says, now isn't this the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. So that's the purpose of fasting in God's eyes. It's to release people from bondage ourselves included the first one that gets the benefit is the one who's doing the fast you'll find that you get more clarity on the word you get better understanding of the word you get better um uh i would say uh let me think revelation answers start to come to you that work you got me not a bunch of information but you get answers that work and it's really to break the devil's power over humanity. Amen? That thing that connects you to the world and keeps you noticing the wrong things and keep you noticing the natural, that gets broken. Amen? That yoke gets broken. And it increases the anointing in that way. He says, is it not to deal your bread to the hungry? So the one aspect of fasting, the one benefit is the first one, is to break yokes of bondage that are holding people to the world. And you'll find that when you fast, you don't pay attention to what's so You have no appetite for the news, for the the goofy music, for crazy people, for your Facebook crazy people over there. You don't have any appetite for that stuff. You You totally want to hear from God. And he says, to deal your bread to the hungry. So if you're giving up food, what you would have spent on it, and you'll hear people do this. They'll send a check to somebody who's feeding the poor. Tell me that's not right. Look at verse 7. It says, to deal your bread to the hungry. Huh? And that you bring the poor that are cast out into your house. You know somebody who doesn't have a place to stay? You give them a place to stay. When you see the naked that you cover them. In other words, have a heart for poor people. Now see, when you think about it, you can be on a fast every day. Especially if you consider the poor on a regular basis. See, this can be built into your lifestyle, and it doesn't have to happen when you feel like you want to turn your plate down. This can be a regular part of what you do to take a portion of what you would spend on yourself and give it to the poor. But not just the poor somewhere over in a foreign country that you don't ever see, but there's poor people around you all the time. Amen? We've got neighbors now, most of us, who have been out of work for a while. Or on the verge of losing their property, losing a job, whatever. Always put something aside for people. Have some extra. You know, if nothing else, keep a box of items you don't use anymore and take them over to Goodwill. 
You take them your, over yourself. Spend some gasoline. Spend some time. Don't try to make it so easy for yourself. You cart that stuff over there yourself and give it away. Amen? Excess things that we have uh, that accumulate. They can be a blessing to somebody. So have that built into your lifestyle. Have that built into your way of life. Have that built into what you regularly do so that you can live a fasted life continually. See, you got, you've got something in the bank where you're, you're denying yourself everything that you own. That's what that means. That's part of fasting is denying yourself part of what the, what you own. Amen. And it says, deal your bread to the hungry. Bring the poor that are cast out to your house. When you uh, see the naked that you cover him, then that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. Amen. Then shall your light break forth as the morning and your health. Hello. Ooh. And your righteousness shall go before you. That's the breakthrough, folks. That's when the light of God's words, that's when the faith that you need to get beyond symptoms will come into your heart. Is when you start doing this. See, people who overlook this, you'll never get it. You can't overlook anything. This is so simple to do. To me, it's a simple thing to do. To take time out, take part of your money, instead of trying to figure out how you're going to get more to spend on you for nothing, figure out, just put something aside for the poor. Take some of the stuff you've been hoarding for forever and go just drop it off at this. Don't even go through it. Just pick it up and take it. Amen. And and quit being a, a nitpicker. Just ask God to have a blessing in that box for somebody. Amen. And he says, and the, the glory of the Lord will be your reward. Are you looking for more power? It's all in his glory. So the power increases. The anointing increases. The devil leaves. Your heart is mended. You grow more in God's love because you have compassion on the poor. You know, you start out by giving to the poor and you'll pretty soon you'll be in a healing ministry because compassion is compassion. You got me? When you start having a heart for people who cannot do anything for themselves, that's compassion. You let God put that that in you like that. You start doing it. You start obeying this and you'll find that you change on the inside and you feel good about the fact that you can give something away. Amen. And he says, and then you'll call and the Lord will answer. Woo! Then you'll call and the Lord will answer. You notice in this, God didn't say anything about food, giving up food. Now that doesn't mean it's wrong. Amen. I'm not trying to talk you out of, but what's important to God is not that you eat or don't eat. It's your heart. And he's trying to get your heart in a different place. He's trying to get your heart where his is. And his heart is, you see people every day and, and they, they, uh, don't have a place to stay they don't have comfort 
you know, comfortable things. They don't have enough money. They don't have this, that, any of it. God has a heart for those people. There may be, they are even crying out to him, many of them. But he's looking for one of his kids to answer the call. Amen? And so that's why we do what we do. And he says, you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Right away. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger. Ooh. Know what putting forth of the finger is? The accusation. Amen. Amen. Pointing the finger at your brother or whoever it is and saying, you did me wrong. You did this. You did. Look at you. You got that. You got sin on you. You must have something wrong with you. You got to put that stuff away. It's not of God. Amen. We should be beyond that by now, but sometimes we're not. So you got to check yourself. You got to start doing these things. And he says, put it forth of the finger, amen, and speaking vanity. In other words, don't say nothing unless it's the word. Don't say anything out of frivolity. Just if you want to see it come to pass, you speak it and speak God's word. He said, speak in vanity, losing, using loose words, meaningless words, vain words, always got to be joking with somebody and you're not joking. You understand what I'm saying? He says, and if you draw out your soul to the hungry, he keeps talking about that and satisfy the afflicted soul. In other words, think about somebody besides yourself. You know, you, you already got yourself in enough trouble. <laughs> you got me? Think about somebody else. He says, and the Lord will guide you continually. I mean, you'll get where you want to go. You're going to get there. And satisfy your soul in drought. In other words, everybody else will be famished and, and unable to get anything, and you'll always have something. And make fat your bones. Jeez. My bones got to get fat now, too. Hi, yay, yay. It's like, come on, Lord. That's the only slender thing I got. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. You always have money. You'll always have shelter. You'll always have, you start doing what God tells you to do and put this kind of stuff first. And see if you ever lack anything. Bill's always paid on time. More than enough. You're not at the bottom of your, your bankroll. Amen. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. This is our um, Amos 9.13. Raise up the foundations of many generations. And you will be called the repairer of the breach. You're going to be a reconciliation minister. Amen. You're going to do, you're going to do these things. To me, this has more to do not with food, but with your attitude toward people who don't have. Because that's where we get into trouble, mostly. We overindulge ourselves at the expense of whoever else God would have had you give to. And, and you can't do that. 
See, you're, you're not going to get your breakthrough. You're not going to do you got to repent and show God, God, I see where I made my error. I, I've not considered the poor like I should. Amen. You know, your mind will tell you, well, I barely have enough for myself. That's because you got greed in there. And you got to get the greed out. Amen. You got to, you got to do it by the book, folks. Do it by the book. You know, and of course you fast meals. You know, God stresses the giving to the poor and the condition of your heart and not being in sin with your mouth and with your thoughts and with your heart. That's that's a given. But these people were fasting as well as, you got me? So skip the meal, skip to whatever you feel led to do, and allow your light to break forth. See, you'll know how much to do by when your light starts to break forth. But please, under no circumstances, go and engage in a conversation where you're in strife with somebody, where, you know, you're, you're letting somebody pick on you and agitate you. Just consecrate yourself. Keep yourself away from, from, you know, wayward people. There's some phone calls you don't need to take. I don't care who they are. You got me? You just don't need to. There's some conversations you don't need to open your ear to. Amen? Because they contaminate you and and keep you bound up. So you want to break yokes. You don't want to yoke yourself up to something that's that's not godly stuff. And so God wants us to live this kind of fasted life. Amen? Your TV watching minimal. You know, watch stuff that's building you up you know not stuff you get all excited about and on the edge of your seat stop that you don't need that you get on the edge of the seat with god you understand what i'm saying i mean somebody uh remodeling a house is not going to keep you on the edge of your seat that's probably going to put you to sleep somewhat you understand what i'm saying but you watch a lot of violence you watch cursing and and People having sex or, you know, taking their clothes off, kissing too much, all that kind of stuff. You you can't, that's not a fast. You stop that stuff. You don't need to watch that. If anything, you're married, go participate. Say somebody woke up finally. It's okay. We just take what we can get around here. Oh, you take what we can get. Life, signs of life is all good. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't overindulge yourself and pervert what God put in your life to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Sex between married people is a blessing. Outside of it, it's perverse. Watching other people is perverse. You're a peeping Tom. Stop it. Man, it's not doing you any good. Amen. It isn't. Anything it's taken away from your natural um your natural inclination towards your spouse. You're cheating on them. Well, stop it. You are. Cut it out. Amen. So here we have the fast that God has chosen. And it's really to separate you from overindulgence of your flesh. Just keep you in a fasted position. Keep your spirit at a heightened awareness of God instead of God way far from you. He said, if you do this, when you call, I'll say, you'll say, God, when you call, I'll shall answer and say, here I am. He'll be right there in your midst, in other words. So you'll be walking in the spirit. 
Amen. And so that's what God wants us to do. Always humble your soul to the Lord. Don't don't be so exalted and grandiose in your thinking. You know, just think sober. I'm an average Christian. I have an average life. God's an extraordinary God. Whatever he has for me is a blessing. I'm blessed of God, you know, not because of material things, because he lives in me. We skip over the major blessing and, and try to get little riffraff stuff. You know, this stuff the world has. If drug drug dealers have much more of everything in the natural aspect than Christians do. But we're not jealous of them. We don't want their goods. Amen. We've got the better part. Amen. We've got Jesus. So we don't need all that stuff. Amen. So here we have. So that's that's the the uh um proverbs 420 the medicine of the word amen and how to keep your spirit man ready with your faith to pay attention to the word your attention to the word is heightened when you can divorce yourself from the world the one way you do it is through fasting amen but always 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 keep the poor in mind i mean continually don't ever have a time where you don't consider them. Amen. I don't care if it's it's uh, what we give to to several ministries that give to the poor. So when you give in your offering, that's part of it. That's automatic. So you be thankful because that's something God told me to do to cover you guys. So that if you were slow catching on in the natural, and then you you take your excess clothing, stuff you haven't worn in three years shouldn't be in your closet. And I'm the first guilty person. You understand what I'm saying? And and so these kinds of things, God depends on his people to do this. The world will do it some, but God will bless us as well for doing it. Amen. He blesses everybody who who considers the poor. So, so yeah, we, and we are careful to give to ministries where we know they are using it exclusively. You got me? We'll give it to these people that were on a list of several people that they, they might give some to and they've got executors that make tons of money and take the cream and leave what's the skim for everybody else. We, we give to people that we know give the cream of it amen so you know we we take the guesswork out of it for you to a degree and we can show you who these people are and and their records and everything so that you can see where it's going you got me so it's it's no secret here and so when we do these things though we cover ourselves as a ministry that's why we're still here Amen. That's why we haven't died because of COVID and we're still healthy and all of that kind of stuff because we, we try to follow what God tells, what well, we do. We follow God with what God tells us to do and how to do it. Uh, he's been able to give us something, you know, a, a gift that's, that's pretty sizable. And so we'll start to reinvest in the healing ministries because we see how important it is. You got me? We do already. We've always given to Oral Roberts. You guys know that because they invite us to go to their healing uh, rallies and, and we serve at the altar and we have those privileges because we partner with them. You got me? And and uh, some other healing ministries. You know, we, we just always, we give to people who are over in foreign countries helping very, very poor people. 
You got me? Uh, in the jungles and in places like that where they're going and ministering specifically to people who can't do for themselves. And so we, we have to do these things. You can't turn your heart away from those things. When you see them happening, you do them. And then, and that's how God can, can send us, you know, uh, people's tithe because they, they're not going to church. You know, we've gotten letters from people and checks. Can you, Take my tithe because my church is closed. I don't have a church right now. Do you got me? So we don't lack for anything. Why? Because we try to be good stewards of what he puts in our hands. You try to do it with God's wisdom so that God can can help you to weather these difficult. That's why we don't have famine. That's why we're not lacking anything right now. That's why. You gotta sow into that. You can't just be guessing. You gotta know what you're doing with your money and do the right thing with it. We do it sometimes when we're at the bottom of our bank account. We'll give consistently to these people. It's an automatic, we give an automatic giving to certain ministries. James Robinson's ministry make digging wells for those people in Africa. We give, we've given consistently to them for over 10 years. You understand what I'm saying? Almost since he began it. You know, I remember when he began it and, um, the uh, gentleman Peter Pretorius who invited James in to do that work and when he prophesied to him and, and all of the things that he said, it has happened for him. And I remember him giving him that prophecy and in saying God had drafted him to help him feed those people. Amen. So and Peter was a, a very faithful servant. His the people that he fed had murdered his brother some years earlier. And he forgave them, but he went beyond that. He made up his mind he was going to help them. Amen. And so when you see people doing that, that's that's the right thing. You gotta help those people. You know, those are the right people to help. So, you know, you do those things. You gotta do those things. And that way you'll stay out of financial trouble. You'll stay out of poverty. You stay out of lack. Gotta look down and say, wow, I gotta give her some money because she's doing the right thing. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. You, you, you have to do the right thing with your finances so God can honor what you're doing and, and see your work and say, this one's trustworthy. They won't take it all and spend it all on themselves. They'll consider the poor when they get money in their hands. Amen. So, so that's what you do. So that's the fast that God's chosen. Amen. To let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, to break the bands you want. You want to get clarity on your healing. That it's on the way and you could be reassured about it. You run into that brick wall where it doesn't seem like anything's moving. This is the way to get there. You see, this is the way he's made a way for us to get there to the next place or the next level where we need to go. So we talked then about the the comforting aspect of heavenly medicine. Amen. And we said, we talked about the balm and Gilead. And we said that it was more of a rebuke from God to them because they were depending on the natural realm for their health and healing. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? See, they were not to go to physicians. They were to go where? To the priest. That's who their physician was. There was instruction in the word for every illness, for every sickness, for every everything. And mostly it was unconfessed sin. 
So get in there, get before the priest, confess your sins, and bring the offering that God has set for that. Remember the lepers? Jesus told them, uh, go your, show yourselves to the priest and offer the offering that you're supposed to. They were still under the old covenant law. So they had to do it, even though they were healed as they went. Amen? Wonder how many cheated and tried not to go to the priest. Wonder if he kept his healing. Just a thought. Amen. The Bible doesn't cover it, but we got to think about these things. It's good to follow through on the total instruction of God. Not quit somewhere because you think you got what you came for. Get the thief out of you. Amen. Always got to full, pay full price for everything. So that balm in Gilead was a comforting aspect of God's word. See, God's word brings comfort. I know that's the first thing you brought to me. When I confessed Christ and he came into my heart by the Holy Spirit, the first thing I, I thought was peace. I said, oh boy, my worries are over. That was the thought that came to me. And that's the balm that comes with God's, God's word, with his healing medicine. You shouldn't have your mind still full of turmoil when the word's ministered to you. You gotta get peace. You let, let that word settle in on you. Don't keep kicking it out and kicking it out. We talked yesterday about, you know, the word going in there like it's on I-75 at 90 miles an hour. Most of us just let the word zoom through. Sometimes you got to back that up here. Let me see what that looks You understand? You examine it. You meditate on it. You consider it. Amen. That's what Isaiah 4 is, I mean, Proverbs 4 is talking about. Consider the word. Incline your ear. On purpose, listen to it. And listen to it closely. Listen to it carefully. Mull it over. You know, like a fine wine. You want to taste and see that the Lord is good. And you do that through his word. Amen. And so in, so we talked about that balm and being comforting. So the word comforts you. That's one great aspect of it. You can feel you're healed even with symptoms because of the comfort that comes. Anybody ever been there? You can just, you kind of get reassurance that it's going to get better and your symptoms are going to leave even though you might have some agitation about a little bit of symptoms still left. Or you may be concerned that the symptoms will get worse or come back if they've left for a season. But you still have that reassuring peace of God that if I got peace once before, I can get it again. If this word helped me once, it'll happen again. See, that's how God trained me to go, to rely on his word. When I was depressed and, and had to take tranquilizers, had to take pills to get up, to feel, to not feel depressed, to not, I knew that every, when I went to that word one time and read one scripture that helped me, I knew I could go back again for the same thing. So it was medicine. That's why you go to the same doctor. Oh boy, I got another infection again. Got to go to the doctor. You go to the same one you went to the last time. You take the same prescription. You take everything that he gives you. 
You don't doubt. You don't take the pill and doubt if it's going to work this time. You do it in total faith. Come on, folks. If you do, you need to start doing it right. Be taking pills and doubt they're going to help you. Take them, take them. You got me? But when you take the word, you got to give the word the same respect. See? you got to respect the word. That if it helped you once, it's going to help you again. If it got you saved, got you born again, got you praying in tongues and filled with the spirit, it's going to do everything else that it says it's going to do for you. It will heal you too. Amen. So you got to believe these things. You got to believe that the word is, there's integrity in the word. Because the word is God. Amen. So it's God's integrity that you're receiving when you receive the word of God. Psalm 107.20 says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. How does the word heal and deliver? It has the intent of God in it. It has the mind of God present in it. When the Bible talks about Jesus being the Son of God and being the Word made flesh, what that means is that God is, is, is three distinct components. There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everybody agree? Amen. So we call it the triune God, the Trinity. Um, three distinct personalities, but they agree in one. And they work together all the time. Got me? So the Father being the head. Got me? The father is the originator. Everybody who's here originated from the father. You got me? Everybody in here got a daddy somewhere. You got me? So, and if we're we're offspring of the father, that means we sprang forth from him. Just as the father, your natural father, carried carried a part of the the dna for you you sprang forth from him when you think about it if god the father is the head the head does all the what thinking planning conceiving dreaming and then the son being the word springs off of the father's thoughts so when you read in the scripture by his stripes ye were healed that's a thought conveyed there that word that you read is the offspring of the thought that god had in mind when he sent jesus to the cross in your place so the word carries with it not just Words, you literal words you read on a page, but there's a thought behind that. But you got to meditate to get the thought. You got to take some time. Because other than that, we'd be like Jehovah Witnesses. Anybody else that memorizes scripture and can spit it back out to you. They have no concept of what it really means. Huh? 
You got to have somebody who's got the Holy Ghost and see it's the Holy Spirit who interprets it for you once you start meditating on it. So you got the triune Godhead working in your healing. You got Father who's got an idea of what he's got in mind when he says by his son's stripes you're healed. You got the Son who puts the written word down there on the page to you. And you got the Holy Spirit who agitates it on the inside of your brain and your spirit and makes it come alive. He works it out. So they all three work together in one. When God created, he said, uh, let there be. And there was. That needed all three of the Godhead. Let what be. Whatever he had in his mind. First thing, it was light. There was no light out there. It was in him. When he spoke, the sun came out and made an expression of it. And the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face. He was just waiting for the word to come out so he could make it manifest. And they looked up and said, Dad, is that what you were speaking of? Yep, that's it, son. Holy Spirit said, yeah, I did it. Pay attention now. Don't get carried away here. This is, you know what I'm saying. This is to get you to understand the purpose and why you got to meditate the word. You got to meditate so the Holy Spirit can agitate that word on the inside of you and make it come alive. You start to see yourself whole and healed. You start to see yourself without a limp. You start to see yourself without a cane. You start to see yourself with all your hair back. You understand what I'm saying? Because you've meditated on what God had in mind when he said, I am the creative God. I can create it for you if you've lost it and you don't have it anymore. I got spares. Just ask me for whatever and I'll send it to you. Is this clear to everybody or am I talking to this wall up here? See, you got to put as much effort. Yeah, Everybody in here dreams about something. Don't tell me you don't. You've got imagination for that reason. Dream the word. Start thinking about the word continually like the Bible says. God will make it come real to you. And when it starts to come real, don't push it out of your mind like it's some foreign thing. Let that new thing stay in there and grow. He can give you new ideas about everything. Huh? That's how people invent things. They get a vision. And they start putting it to work. God, give me the details. Somebody like Edison who had invented so many things. See, that's why certain people get to do so much in certain areas. They found the pathway there. They know the way. We know the way also to healing. Jesus is the way, the truth and light. His word is the way to get healed. There's no other way to get healed. Now, you might get better by medication, but medication and doctors will tell you, we don't have anything that's going to heal you. It's all staving off the inevitable. We're just fighting off symptoms and hope that this works for a lifetime for you. You understand what I'm saying? And so we we all have to come back by way of the word. We've all got to meditate that word until it gets real to us. And don't let go 
until it gets real to you. You're entitled for that word to be made real to you. It will be made real to you. You're not different than anybody else God has ever told to stand on his word for their health. You're the same as anybody else is. Don't ever see yourself, I tried in your work and I don't know what's taking so long. Quit whining. Spend that time meditating on the word. Amen. And, and, you know, and don't always think in the back of my mind, oh, I'll get to church, Pastor Barb will lay hands on me. You don't know that's going to happen for you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's nice if it does and it helps. But the Bible says that if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. And that means if you, if you've endeavored to get the healing on your own with the word and it hasn't helped you, it's beyond your level of ability to do. Then God sets up people to help you to get that word. But you gotta, you gotta be active in the word first. I can't go beyond the word that you meditate on. You got me? And you want to keep it. You learn how to get it yourself, you'll keep it. Amen? You know how to, you know, I remember when we were kids, we used to raid some fruit trees near my house. You know, which there weren't many of them in the city, you know, but <laughs> there was a cherry tree and we would wait for certain boys to be coming along where the cherry tree is and say, can you go up there and get us some cherry? No, go get them yourself. And they knew you weren't big enough to do it. Amen? But then one day you started to grow and you found a big stick and you started knocking them branches off and you got to cherish yourself. Amen. And you can get them anytime you want it, right? That's the way the word is. You can get that anytime you want. You can be healed at any time. Get busy on it. Amen. Don't make that the preacher's responsibility and then if if we say no you do it yourself you mad at me you understand what i'm saying <laughs> you can't get mad at me uh, i forbid it amen <laughs> you can if you want to but it's a waste of your time because god's expecting you to do you you know you you do little meditating and you get maybe a gift of work at the altar but then the minute your mind gets on something else, you start feeling that pain again. You want that thing to last. You don't want to keep, you know, relying on somebody else. That's not right. This You can do this yourself. Amen. Why well, does the preacher got all to do the study and all the start studying and fasting and praying and stuff and come in here ready and then you don't do what you're supposed to do? You gotta do that. And the word's good for you. We should want the word. You know? We should want to feast on the word. We should want that word powerful in us. Amen? It's not that you don't ever need somebody to pray for you. I'm not saying that. But just make sure you do your part. Amen? You start feeling pain, you get in your words. You start speaking the scriptures to yourself. Amen? And, and then, you know, when you get to church, it it will just be the the result of you know you get the result of what you put in and what the preacher is able to do what the anointing's able to do amen to destroy that yoke so that's all proper but you're not going to skip over your part you know you got to do your part now so praise god so in in the, we said he sent his word and healed them delivered them from their destruction meditation gives us God's mind. Amen.
So you begin to get a vision of yourself healed. You begin to expect and see that vision is what you hope for. Amen. Your vision is your expectation. So when you see yourself, uh, you know, uh, walking uh, normally, no pain, you see yourself, uh, no swelling, whatever your symptoms might have been, uh, then, you know, when you begin to think about, I am healed, let, let your mind uh, form a vision of what you expect to be like and start, God, I thank you, I'm, I'll take that. I'm expecting that. If you don't get a vision, expect it anyway. Say, God, I expect that. I expect your word to come to pass. Your word can't fail. Your word will not return void. Your word is going to bring back what I'm expecting. Amen. So I'm expecting my healing every day, every minute, every day. I'm expecting it. Amen. And stay in expectation. You can do that. You can stay out of doubt, fear, and unbelief and stay over in the realm of expectation. It's a choice. We're so accustomed just giving in to out of habit, you know, and, and you got to break that habit. Everybody's got that habit, and we all have to break it in order to get God's best. Amen? So, so um, we said yesterday there's no word that's void of power. And that Luke one thirty seven was correct. Really, it says nothing is impossible with God. So I guess some some writers, you know, <clears throat> translate it that way. What you want is to receive that power. And the power comes through meditation. Power won't be released just reading the word on the page. Power comes when you mix your faith with it. You say that's mine. I got that. I believe that, God. I want that. That's how you talk to yourself when you read the word. That's mine. I want that. That's, that's God, that's, that's what you're promising me. You're going to deliver it to me. I thank you. I receive that. That's how you can say you're already healed and, and you just now prayed. Huh? You believe you receive it when you pray, not when you see it. Not when your symptoms leave, but when you pray, you believe you receive it. And you have to discipline yourself to that. Because most people want to start believing after all the symptoms are gone. You have to believe before they leave. Then they'll leave. Amen? It's got to be that way. That's what faith is. You're putting more confidence in the unseen realm than the seen realm. That's the only way the unseen manifests and makes the seen disappear. You're trying to make the seen things that you can see and feel with your natural man. You're trying to make them go away. And your faith does it. Your faith in God's word does it. It will remove everything that God doesn't want you to have. And he don't want you to have sickness ever. Amen. So whenever we speak the word, power is released. You know, for I mean, we don't have much anymore, but matches. Remember matches? Well, matches are like, you know, igniting your faith. But match head is is what the word is, got power in it. And when you strike it on something sharp, your faith ignites it, makes it 
power, releases the power, makes it come to life. Amen? So the match head of faith, or the, the striking of faith, strikes that word, breaks it open, and allows the power within to be released in your life, in your health, in your finances, in your household, in your relationships, in everything, everything. There is no area that God cannot touch. Don't be so emotionally connected to your present. You got me? Sometimes your present condition isn't pleasant. And it makes you sad. It makes you discouraged. It makes you worried. It makes you fearful. It makes you got to detach yourself emotionally. And say, you know what, God? I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be discouraged by what I see. I always tell people, quit looking at stuff. You know what I'm saying? Don't let it come. When it comes across your mind, you say, God, thank you that I'm healed. I thank you I'm healed. I've said that when I hit my, when I <laughs> fell, how did I fell off the stairs in the garage? You know, like four stairs. And I started immediately. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. I am healed. I am healed. In four days, the swelling was all gone down. And I mean, it was huge. Looked like a a little man laying beside me. (laughs) Hey, little man. That was my knee. It was the size of a head almost. Got me? But I continued to confess. And when I went to sleep at night, I said, God, let me wake up tomorrow and let it be half the size. Let's see your faith will tell you what to say and how to expect it. See, when I said I'm healed, God put in my heart to say, expect half the size tomorrow. That's why I said that. I just make it up because that's what I wanted, and I'm making God do that. Meditating on the word gave me the faith to expect it to shrink by half the size the next day, and God did it. Amen. God did what he said. Well, that word of knowledge came from God. It didn't come from me. I just make it up. If I was making stuff up, I'd say, let me just be normal in five minutes. Come on, get the difference, folks. Because greed and not wanting to walk through stuff will cause us to call it wrong. We'll have a wrong expectation. I don't want the pain. I don't want. See, by confessing, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, that word began to put a vision of expectation for me inside of me, and I spoke that out. The next day it was half the size. I kept confessing the word. And I began to expect every day improvement, and every day it improved. But you got to meditate on the word. You just can't grab something out of thin air. This isn't thin air grabbing. This is letting the word work, putting it in, and just like that word worked to get that my my uh, knee down to normal, at least normal enough to walk on it and <laughs> go to the conference. You know, you think about these things. I said, Lord, I've never missed a conference. I don't plan to start now. You tell me what I need to do to get this. Cause I'm going to get this and I'm going to get on the bus. 
big man Gus. I usually would go down the van, but I didn't have the – it was more comfortable for me to not be in a shorter vehicle, but to be in taller one. You understand what I'm saying? It's so it, my leg wouldn't stay cramped for three hours. That's a three-hour ride to, from Ohio to, to Michigan. And so I use wisdom as well. Got me? And, and, you know, I, I never had ridden on the bus with the, with the road people, you know, people, <laughs> like road people, like they're a different species, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting up there and all this is going on and all this is going on. And I forgot. I said, can I go to the bath? No. You can't. <laughs> so you're under the rules of the road now. Nobody's talking about, nobody explained it to me. I said, you got an old lady here sitting here. What are you going to do for me? No, you find powers you never thought you had. You couldn't go to sleep on the bus. I go to sleep all the time when I ride, when I don't drive. Huh? Tony didn't let anybody go to sleep on here. He said, get up here and sit beside me. I'll be sleeping back there. I thought, oh, my goodness. The tyranny, the tyranny. But I, but all I wanted was a ride to the conference. I, I couldn't be picky, but it opened my eyes up to a new form of discipline, you know. I, well, well, we had started, I had started riding on the bus for empowerment meetings, but I hadn't for a long time, you know. We just did things differently. He went ahead with the crew and I kind of stayed behind with the old people. I had to get with the program on that one, but hey, bless the Lord, we got there. He answered my prayer, <laughs> but my eyes were open to many things, many mysteries. Praise God! So, okay, so we said the word had a calming power. It has visionary power. It lets you see what's going to happen. It gives you a vision for a good result and for the future. Amen. And it's full of power. Amen? It's full of power. It brings understanding. That's what we need to see. In Luke six seventeen, it talks about the people who came to Jesus from every quarter to hear the word he preached and to be healed. It says, and he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples. Disciples went everywhere the teacher went. And a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the coast of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and to be healed. So they had the expectation. Number one, they had to incline their ear like Proverbs 4 tells you to do. And number two, they expected to be healed. So you have to come listening and expecting the result of what you listen to. And they came to hear and be healed. If they didn't hear, they didn't get healed. If you can't hear the word, you can't meditate on the word, your faith will not be adequate to effect a healing and a cure. And that's why he preached and taught. If he just go lay hands on random people and they receive it, he wouldn't have bothered to preach and teach. But you got to put the word in people. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's when we have when we have the healing school and miracle service. I take the time to teach first, not afterwards. Now there are sometimes a word of knowledge will come and God will tell me to to call something out and bring those people up ahead of time. 
and I'll do that sometimes when he says, Amen. But for the most part, you need to get you need to get your heat your your soul converted so you start to expect to be well. Everybody does. Amen. Everybody does. So there he taught and preached. Amen. In second Peter one four I didn't get much farther than we got yesterday. I've been doing the rehash the whole time, but second Peter one four, if you'll turn there, man. It says that God has given us these great and precious promises, amen, that by them we might be partakers of the divine nature. This is verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great. This exceeds anything you ask or think. It's beyond your brain. And precious promises that by these you might be partakers of God's divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. So you're not subject to the disease of the world. You've escaped that. You have promises that give you the divine nature. And guess what? God ain't sick. So you're partakers of his healed divine whole nature. His holy nature, his good nature, his nature that sustains life. It's full of the Zoe life of God. Amen? Amen. We are joint heirs with God. God is rich in mercy. And that means that he will take you to the ultimate to get you healed. It's never too late for your healing. Amen? Never too late for your healing. Amen? God raises from the dead. The divine life of God has power over death. Amen. Turn to John 5. And verse 24. And this is Jesus' discourse in talking about the relationship of the Father to the Son. He always taught relationship when he, he said, nope, I'm not doing that on my own. The Father who sent me did this, trying to shake the Jewish people up and tell them, think about your scriptures. Think about what's been said about me. I came from the Father. Amen. He says in verse 24, verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, on the Father, has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. You've passed from death to life. Don't accept thoughts of death. Don't accept thoughts of dying. Don't accept thoughts of sickness or anything that comes from the sin life. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is. Now is the hour. It's now. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Dead people can hear the word. They will live, the Bible says. For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he's the Son of Man. So that inheritance is given to us as well. He says here, don't marvel at this. 
said, don't think this is, don't let this shock you that the dead will hear my voice and live. He said, the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear my voice. And come forth they that have done good to resurrection life and they that have done evil to resurrection of damnation. He's talking about going down into hell and into paradise to get the ones out. Amen. That lived for God into hell. They will they will hear the voice of damnation because they have waited too long to accept Jesus's forgiveness of their sins. Amen. But they the dead will come to life at the hearing of his voice. Make sure you take a word of life and healing everywhere you go. You don't know who may need it. We have no idea who may need it. Somebody, it doesn't always have to be for you and who you know. It can be from somebody else. I went to see my dad in a hospital. He didn't even know who I was. You know, I mean, dad, he was getting up in years and he had he'd gotten an infection. I was going to see him and he wasn't paying attention. I'm sitting in a chair and thinking, what did I come here for? And I hear this conversation on the other side of the curtain where this man is crying out for God. And some girl is sitting there that I know all about this. I read the Bible and I know and she's telling him wrong stuff. She ain't even saved. You see how the devil wants people in hell, folks? This man's on his deathbed almost and the devil's got people around him. And so he says, I just want to know how to be saved. I want to know how to be saved. And I kept feeling the anointing going way over where he was through that curtain. Amen. And he was crying and crying out to God. Well, what does the Bible say? All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I told him, I said, sir, don't you worry. I said, Jesus has heard your prayer. I said, the fact that you're weeping lets him know you're sincere. I said, people don't weep for no reason. I said, God's heard your prayer. You are saved. And I put my hand through the curtain. I said, can I welcome you to the family of God? And I shook his hand. So the next day, somebody else was going up to visit my dad. And I gave him some literature to take to him. And the bed was empty. We don't know if he walked out. We don't know if he was carried out. But I know that God heard his prayer prayer cry and overlooked a demon spirit that was sent to take him to hell because she didn't know how to lead somebody to Christ. But she had convinced him she knew something, but he was refusing it. He had sense enough to know that wasn't. He said, no, that's not what I need. I just want to know if I can be saved. Praise God. See, you, that's why you carry the word in you. It's not always for your little needs. You know, start saying, God, let me let me be open to whoever needs this, Father. Keep your keep your, your spirit level high. Don't go around dejected and and you got nothing to be dejected about. You have everything to be excited about in God. Amen. As his word will do that to you. Thank you, Father, for giving us your word and thank you, thank you for giving us understanding. Thank you for blessing us to know your word. And to know you, the only Holy One of God, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, and we bless you, and we praise you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen.
Amen. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you. Amen.